If you like listening to Inglorious Trexperts, you'll love watching us. Really? How? I guess you will. I guess you will. But how, how can one do that, Mark? Now you can download the free Electric Now app featuring video podcasts of The Inglorious Trexperts, The 430 Movie, Best Movies Never Made, and tons of free TV, movies, and more. You're saying it's so all, all free? All free? I'm saying it's free. 100% no free. Page, 100%. There's no Patreon. There's no premium fees. There's no electronic frontier. Well, there's no all excuse there is, not to get it then. There's no excuse not to. That's what I'm saying. So download the Electric Now app today and start watching us right now. You must learn to listen to the Rebel and the Rogue, or you will not be allowed to come with me to Alderaan. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital, wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Tragsperts. Eight hours of our 101 greatest sci-fi episodes ever. Eight hours was not enough for you. We Here got another. <laughs> we can't quit you, baby. And I got Rob Burnett from the Burnett Work and Ashley Miller from Ashley Miller Land back to, t- <laughs> to talk. Miller World. Miller World, exactly. Not to Miller be confused with Miller World. Miller's, Miller's Outpost. Well, we, yeah. we promised we promised we would we would get back to you with some of the um our listeners' comments about your your favorite some excoriating us for not mentioning you your favorite promised. episodes, others praising us. You would have. And um and then also uh we, we talked to some of your favorite guests from the last year on the show and got their picks as well. And I just have to say it was very gratifying, you know. Um People seem to really enjoy that, you know, the uh, we're, we're amazed anyone listened to it, to be honest, uh, because eight hours. Jesus, we didn't even want to talk for eight hours, let alone listen to it for eight hours. It's um, the height of hubris. But we thought we could do it. So um, which is about yay big. And, 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 and it really um, it's 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 really uh, it's, it's very interesting. And it's very interesting to see the feedback. And I really thought that perhaps a lot of the stuff we talked about people would not have been familiar with but apparently uh we have an audience that is almost as old as we are um <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh uh people are all too familiar with a lot of these other uh, shows and um uh it definitely seemed like it it it, uh, it 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 struck a note both nostalgically but also uh i think one of the most gratifying thing was seeing some of the responses like i'm not familiar with the show i should check it out like i somebody was responding to rob talking about ufo and was saying, oh, I got to check out the show. And apparently they loved it. 
So uh, that's, that, that's great. So uh, before we talk about some of our favorite, our, 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 the guests, here's a couple, just a few things from Facebook and Twitter uh, that people have, have, have talked about. Danny Coyle said he would have liked to have seen more of The Prisoner. And he pointed out uh, his episode would have been Chimes of Big Ben, the mm-hmm. second episode. If you go what by you... that broadcast order. But yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 think, I, think, I think many happy returns does t- Chimes of Big Ben better and more intriguing. I think you're right. Um, but look, and I always hated the fact that in our broadcast order that we were given Chimes of Big Ben is the second episode, which right. gives away a lot. But it's a good episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He also said not a big fan and not now and again. Wasn't wasn't a big fan now and again, which was when I asked these. Well, uh, asked his the, opinions are disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, uh, on Twitter, not making claims. Uh, it suggested we were remiss not to include the day after in special bulletin. And uh, I will say um, I came very close to making a case to uh, the esteemed panel to include special bulletin have taken over all that remains uh, now is for the uh, nest team to begin disarming the bomb steve uh john the, the nest team is now approaching the ship they're going inside the ship now what we're seeing now are members of the nuclear emergency search team this is a highly classified group they've been uh, organized i think uh, 10 years or so they're in a constant state of preparedness uh, to deal with anything concerning nuclear contamination, uh, considering it's now uh, just before five and the bomb, as far as we know, is set to uh, go off at six. They, uh, they certainly have their work cut out for them. Which I thought was a wonderful MOW. It was completely, it was like oh. uh, Orson Welles' War of the Worlds, where basically mm-hmm. it was about a nuclear terrorist act in, I think, Maryland, right? On a boat in Maryland or something. Really yeah. terrific um, uh, NBC um, MOW yeah, um, the week told as though it was um, a newscast. You know, right. the only problem with the newscast was about every 12 seconds. They said, this is not a real newscast. Right. Right. This is a, a movie, <laughs> movie of the week because they did not want to have one of those war of the world things. You so know what? I, I remember that show. And my problem with it was that all the newscasters were so actory that it pulled yeah. me out of the whole thing. Not once would I believe it was ever a real newscast. That's because Howard yeah. K. Smith wasn't on it. That's correct. Yeah. You know, Remember Howard with, K. Smith? with Howard K. Smith warning about the uh, gas leak at the at Devil's Tower. Absolutely. And he was also in V. That's correct. He was. And, and, and gave it the patina of of of, <laughs> of, of, of 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 truthfulness, much like Wolf Blitzer and Crimson Tide made me like believe. This, I don't like that <laughs> image of Howard K. Smith giving the patina of truthfulness to I'll anything. I'll give you a patina of truthfulness. <laughs> I believe there was a there was a rebellion in the caucuses, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that was just me. Then the day after, which I, I have to say, Nick Meyer, previous guest of the show, we all mm-hmm. love Nick. I think this is a very important TV movie. Not sure I would put it on our list. I really don't think either side wants to be the first to use a nuclear device. It's not a question of who, but where. East Germany sealed off the borders to West Berlin. I don't believe it's happening. We have a massive attack against the U.S. at this time. ICBMs. Over 300 missiles inbound now. Either we fired first and they're going to try to hit what's left. But they fired first and we just got our missiles out of the ground in time. 
Yeah. I, I first of all, you know, if if part of the uh, the you know the, the the measure of like whether it goes on the list is did it bring me joy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, at number ninety two, it's Secret of Bigfoot, and at number ninety one, it's the day after. What fucking podcast is this? <laughs> I mean, I mean cool. you know, it's no flight of the war witch. Let's let's be <laughs> no. honest. Uh, but what is? Uh, you know, the thing about day <laughs> flight after, of the war you know, very, very famously, Ronald Reagan said, you know, I, I I I don't remember the exact quote, but wow, these nuclear weapons are really bad, or whatever it was that made him take. You know, sorry, they, a lot of people feel that it was day after that that prompted him to 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 um, uh, address nuclear uh, proliferation more seriously because mm. he realized how. How all so in that sense, it is the most important movie, uh, the number one movie, you know, uh, uh, on our list. But as you said, in terms of enjoyment factor, in terms of drama, in terms of uh, um, it's just not something that you know, enjoyableness. Pure I'm not like every year with the kids. I want to rewatch the day after. Special you know? bulletin was more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. was, you know, it was like a terrorist thing. I mean, the day after was just a monumental. You might as well throw threads on there. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a there's a feel good special if there ever was. one. <laughs> okay. Although the so Blu-ray is nice. We're, we're all in agreement. There's also, I guess, a, a new documentary about the making of the day after and its impact, uh, which I'm curious to, to see. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember a bunch of footage, which was deemed too explicit was cut from day after, because I know the network was, was worried, uh, worried about, uh, that it would, you know, it was just too graphic that they did not want to depict nuclear Armageddon, uh, too accurately. I wonder if the making of, uh, the day after documentary covers all 40 years of the cold war. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because <laughs> that contributed the most to it i think <laughs> yeah yeah um it may have had something to do with it one of our our listeners overnight joe uh who who's uh who's active on, on the twitter as they say um uh suggested the invaders pilot episode of course we're all fans <laughs> of roy thinnis here on the mm-hmm. show um the invaders pilot what do you think should it have been on our list was that an omission i think it might have been you know, I was thinking about that. It's a series that I tend to forget, but mm-hmm. I like the series a lot. And also I've built six different versions of the flying saucer <laughs> model kits of it since I was a kid. And I just, it's one of those series that I just forget. I should have, I was thinking about, you know, I put this, I put outer limits. I put the prisoner, I put UFO. I, I was remiss. I should have brought up in the invaders. The invaders. Alien beings from a dying planet. Their destination, the Earth. Their purpose, to make it their world. David Vincent has seen them. For him, it began one lost night on a lonely country road looking for a shortcut that he never found. It began with a closed, deserted diner and a man too long without sleep to continue his journey. It began with the landing of a craft from another galaxy. Now, David Vincent knows that the invaders are here, that they have taken human form. Somehow he must convince a disbelieving world that the nightmare has already begun. Well, we all should. 
how high? Yeah, how high do you think we should have put this on the list? The Invaders pilot. What do you think? <clears throat> One hundred and seventy-five, probably, because it yeah. just the the problem that I didn't think about it means that it doesn't it make rank. an impression. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it <laughs> it does. I mean, I think that's what a, a lot of what what uh, I think our list is. Does it have a lasting pop culture imprint or footprint right. on us? Or you Pamela know, Helmsley. <laughs> right. Yes. And as or, cool as The Invaders was, the problem is that they're not really memorable as individual episodes. They're all kind of the same episode over yeah. and over and over again. Yeah. And um, it was hard to the see. The premise is cool. The premise is really interesting. And it's, it's told well. But it's not, it doesn't have that, like you said, that lasting effect on you. Yeah, I remember the flying saucer more than I remember the episodes right. themselves. Yeah, we all had that flying saucer, that that, that model kit. Yeah. For sure. I, I, I had that model kit long before I ever saw the pilot. Yeah, right, me, so. too. yeah. me too. Me um, too. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, to, to repeat to the audience, you know, the list was uh, uh, us all sort of confabbing. Uh, and and we work together, you know, to nominate and then also determine where on the list episodes would go. Obviously, we're in agreement about everything, but um, depending on how adamant someone was, uh, it was more likely to end up on the list. And, you know, then we work together to sort of determine the order in which these films. And, and I think one of the and most how uh, many episodes is face 1999 to include, right, which would <laughs> yes. be almost all of them. Yeah, uh, I think that came as a pleasant surprise, surprisingly, to a lot of people that oh, Space 1999 was so well represented. Um, there's a lot of love for Space 1999 out there. And I think we've done a great job of stoking Captain the flames. <laughs> you know, because it's At not something... the first season. Well, I, look, you know, one episode we didn't talk about, which I used to think was a great episode until I rewatched re it recently, was Bringers of Wonder. I used yeah. to love that. And I thought, you know, it's a two-part episode. It's like the menagerie of Star Trek, of Space 1999, right? And it's not. It's no. really bad. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, you the idea behind it is great, and there's a great practical monster, but no. Yeah. Only, yeah, and I, you know, it's no Dragon's Domain. No. It's not. It's not. And But, uh, you know, I think I got confused because I really love that Destination Moonbase Alpha key art that they right. use for the release <laughs> of uh, when they cut it into a movie. And that was so hot. But the episode doesn't live up to the premise, the promise of the one sheet. No. Uh, okay. So Patrick, Wa uh, Patrick, excuse me, Patrick Waltz um, had said he was he was very excited to see how many anthology series we we had represented, and he pointed out there were a few other good ones called, including Ghost Stories and the Ray Bradbury Theater. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, those are both good. I mean, it's stuff like Thriller. We didn't have any episodes of right. Thriller. No, we didn't have any Thriller. And I and I think again, it's because no Billy I'll... Jean, <laughs> <laughs> who I, is I... not my lover. <laughs> But I just think it, you know, a lot of it was what we were shaped by. Right. Yeah. You know, we personally, I, I, I don't think, I think the list was very, very subjective as opposed to being an objective list. Like, well, the absolutely. It, this movies. is, this is our list. That's right. right. You know, it's not, the it, it's, it's, it's what influenced us and what we remember. Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee you, we didn't go looking up these things on the internet. It's what we pulled them out us. from our memory because they because Steve Melching isn't on this show. That's right. <laughs> who has the list of everything? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if I were going to sit and think about that in terms of the anthology shows, I mean, I could have pulled things from the the CBS Twilight Zone, the first you know remake of yeah. the Twilight Zone, like um, Shadow Man 
or Paladin of the Lost Hour. You know, it's, mm. there's like Her, there's some really Her great Pilgrim episodes. Soul. Right. Or like what was the one where like the, the professor tells the de- tells the devil to go to hell? Like they're just uh, get lost, get lost, which is great. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so many things, but, uh, you know, that's it's, not the it's, name it's, of the episode, but the the, the uh, it's called. Um, not, he's got the T-shirts. Let's do damnation that change all the time. Yeah. The devil. Yeah. And conversely, I would have pitched the fantasy on with Roddy McDowell's devil. Yeah. But yep. uh, it didn't quite make 101, you know, maybe 150. <laughs> you know, it could have been 150, yeah, maybe, maybe. Top 200 episodes, like a 24 hour podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and also, also, you know, I, I, I felt bad after we recorded that we didn't pick any episodes of Stargate. Like, I don't think there's, there's 10. Well, there's 10, but a lot of people. <laughs> I know. I'll put a lot. That's because we don't. We haven't watched it. And, you know, I'll say something. Yeah, After, a lot of people like it, but we aren't yeah. a lot of people. That's true. Yeah, we're, <laughs> like, like we're putting days. it through our prism, our filter. Yeah. And I know, Rob, you recently discovered it and 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 are enjoying it. But uh, you know, I wouldn't. Of, uh, so, so far, I wouldn't. Uh, from what I've watched, and I haven't watched that many, but I wouldn't. It, it's not. It's fun to watch, but there's no episodes that made me go, "Oh my god." This has to go yeah. on our list. Yeah, I mean, I will say that it's very um, Canadian. It's nice, and then you forget about it. <laughs> yes, I mean, and there are people who are diehard <laughs> Stargate fans who love Absolutely. it. And I know, like, there are people at home who are listening who are thinking, "My God, I- I'm never going to listen to this show again because how dare they?" But I will say that, um, oh, where where the hell is? Uh, I had um, one of our guests, uh, one of our guests list, which had Stargate on here, but I seem to have misplaced it he was actually very surprised by the fact that we did not have um stargate i got steve melching's picks here but got uh, other people's picks but where is where is i bet you it wasn't um, Dean devlin's picks no it it, it, yeah it definitely wasn't (laughs) it was um it was well okay i'll look for when we're on break okay so um when are we on break we're on break after the episode well We'll, we'll come back to that. We'll come back. To that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, I would also say there are episodes of the Outer Limits revival that potentially could have made it mm. to Trial mm-hmm. by Fire, which was uh, was a Trial by Fire. Um, uh, I, I, I never remember, remember the, the names of any. the Leonard Nimoy uh, remake of iRobot. Right. Uh, where, where, you know, where he played the opposite role that he had played in um, the original um, Twilight Zone. Uh, and uh, Adam Nimoy, I believe, directed that one. Um but I, I think that uh, there, there are a couple of shows. And it's, uh, Karen Walker wanted to just reiterate that she was so thrilled to see Star Trek was well represented, Outer Limits, which, you know, look, a notable omission, which I think we could all argue may have should, should have been on there, uh, was Demon with a Glass Hand. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, I mean, sometimes there's episodes of shows that you ha- aren't mentioned on every single other list that's ever been done when they talk right. about the Outer Limits. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think that, yes, Demon with a Glass Hand is really, really good. But and part of this is us shining a light on those that aren't always on the list. Right. Right. Which right. I think is a big part of like the survivors, for instance, being on our <laughs> list, whereas maybe other like things like the inner light or whatever aren't on there Um uh, because we are trying to spotlight maybe some underrepresented episode. We're trying right. to bring a little diversity to the list. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, think, look, I think we all get delighted talking about the survivors and what the hell else do we have to say about the fucking inner light it's like yeah I'm and delighted. for an hour everybody gets depressed and they cry when picard plays the flute all right number 82 on, i think we've also talked that? yeah we also My favorite episode our- that doesn't have the other cast members in it 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we've, and we've, we've talked about it in our overrated Star Trek episodes. So that's right. Um, yeah. Why would we uh, revisit <laughs> it? Um, but look, I'm sure for some people uh, that was disappointing that that was not uh, not represented. Um, I, you know, I look forward to listening to it on their podcasts. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, okay. So here is, I'm, I'm going to the videotape. Um, this is from uh, um, actually uh, Tom Vitale, who was a guest on our episode uh, where we, he was a former executive of the sci-fi channel. And he uh, talked about on our episodes about the um, sci-fi channel airing the original Star Trek mm -hmm. and the wraparound. So he had mentioned um, the Stargate Atlantis pilot. Tom's comment was, I believe this was the highest rated episode of any original one hour series on sci-fi ever. It was a two hour episode and it was very, very, very good. Um, so that was one, one Stargate that he um, pointed out. He also had the day after on his list. Hmm. Yes, it's a TV movie and not episode, but it was impactful. In fact, people think it changed government policy towards the Soviet Union and influenced how viewers viewed the Cold War. This is more than an important piece of science fiction. It was an important event in the history of television. So, okay. So those are, those are some of Tom's picks. We'll get back to more of Tom's picks later, but I wanted to, to mention that. Um, uh, Rick Carter um, mentioned power play from the 1970s. Um, I was delighted to see he mentioned the invisible man because of, for those of us who remember with David again, the great with yeah. Dave McCall, not to be confused with Gemini with Man, Gemini with, Man ben Murphy. with Ben Murphy and his wristwatch. <laughs> I, right. I kind of like Gemini Man, but of course I was like five at right. the time. So what do I know? Invisible Man <laughs> was terrible. And of course, we're not talking about the one from First Run Syndication in the 80s, no. 90s. We're talking this about the Invisible uh, NBC, Man with NBC, NBC in, uh, yeah. in the mid 70s, 76, I think, or 77. I, I don't know what it was about, you know, the Bermuda Triangle and Invisible People, yeah. but these were obviously an obsession uh, because you had the Invisible Man and then Gemini Man. I believe and it was I... the cheaper availability of chroma key. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Super easy to do invisibility effects. Uh, Rick, uh, Rick Carter also mentioned um, the Prometheus episode of the Hulk. Um, okay. But the, the yep. Hulk was well represented. When he gets uh, trapped like in between forms. Um, not, not to be confused with Rob's favorite Star Trek episode, The Alternative Factor. Um and uh, Rob, no reaction to that, huh? Well, uh, I I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, he also now this is interesting. This is worthy of discussion. He also said uh, he thinks we missed the mark by not uh, including the man from Atlantis pilot. Getting down into the lung stem. Now I can see. Elizabeth? Call an ambulance. Elizabeth, what is it? If I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Just call an ambulance. Look, if you've got a theory, let's have it. The man is dying. I know how to save him. Now, get those lights off and get the tubes out of him. We can't just release him to you. It's 12 feet to that door. Either you're going to help me get him out of here, or I'm going to do it myself. Doctor, we can't just let him go. Well, doctor, I'm taking him. With Patrick you know Duffy. what? Maybe not wrong, except that it, it was. I actually remember that, but I don't know that it necessarily like made an impression in the way that other stuff did. Like it just, I don't know. The only it impression cool. it made on me was in swimming class that summer 
<laughs> you try trying, trying to swim, swim like him. Like, yeah, how do you do tried. that? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what, though? The thing about that is the, the pilot might have been interesting. But again, it's not I've, like I've it was one it of these recently in the past few months. Uh, really? Man, it's deliberate paced. Deliberate. Yeah, as they that's say. a polite word for yes. uh, for it. Um, Slow no. as shit. Yeah. Um, okay. And then uh, he also, uh, Rick also uh, mentioned he thought that we should have included a $6 million man was fairly well represented mm -hmm. thanks to um, its advocate and both uh, Ashley and uh, Rob, who, who had $6 million man episodes they championed, uh, was Jamie Summers' debut in the $6 million man, right. which was the introduction of the bionic woman. Um, we had the bionic dog, but we didn't have the bionic woman as part of our list. <laughs> any, any thoughts about that? Well, the thoughts are that that episode would have been fine if there hadn't been a Bionic Woman TV series after it. That's right. Um, because the, everything is erased from that episode because she dies in it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, you can't really put that in there because there's a whole, there's a whole TV series that makes it, everything a lie. Well, I don't know if it's a lie. Everything so is a lie. It's, everything's a lie. Uh, it's it's just that it's not it's not emotionally relevant in yeah. the way that it is in the six million dollar man. So it's a good six million dollar man episode, Absolutely. but it's like, but it's not about the bionic woman in that episode. Right. It's about him. And I, I think we did kind of talk in, in and we were talking about like the six million dollar man episodes, like Secret of Bigfoot. I do believe we brought up the fact that Bigfoot and all of that stuff came back. In the bion in the yeah. bionic woman and how yeah. those those shows like interconnected in kind of cool ways. And so lest I, we forget that the secret of Bigfoot is that he's a woman. Yeah, just a very tall woman, robot. That's the secret of Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> Victoria's Shh. secret of Bigfoot. I mean, I, I, you know, of course, those those movies. I mean, the, the introduction of Jamie Summers was a huge deal at the Absolutely. time. And uh, they were some of the better better episodes, but I, I, I you know, I was actually uh, I thought our picks on Six Million Dollar Man were quite good, uh, given that the show, in retrospect, in our memory, is so superior to its actual execution. Right. Mm -hmm. um, Alliance WTTC. Now this is a big look. This is very legitimate. We I think we got taken to the woodshed a little for Babylon Five not being better represented. Uh, uh, Alliance I think WTTC it's Babylon Five's fault. Says but that's uh, just me. <laughs> <laughs> Babylon, the Babylon Squared trilogy. I know other people had said uh, World Without End. Um, I think uh, um, there were there are a couple episodes that people had pointed out um, that were no notable by their omission from our list. Uh, it was represented by Severed Dreams, uh, mm -hmm. and 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 a fine episode of Babylon Five that is. Um, any thoughts about Babylon Five's place in our countdown? I'm, you know, I'm I'm not. I'm not really uh, sad or embarrassed that Babylon five never really made it into my psyche. Um, and yeah. so I, I will not be shamed into not putting it more on our list because it just never hit me. And that's just my personal preference. You won't be shamed, numbered, stamped. That's right. Stamped, spindled, okay. mutilated, spanked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan of Babylon five, but I think what people forget about Babylon five is it was an, a serialized ongoing story. So in my mind, you know, when someone says, okay, the Babylon squared, you know, that whole trilogy. Well, to me, the whole show is kind of one long story. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, it's really hard for me to sever dreams was something I just, I, I, it always stuck with me because I was like, 
I didn't expect that to happen, you know, with, with the Earth forces fighting against themselves. And I, I remember that because the idea of revolution and your own side suddenly being at odds with one another was something that stuck with me, especially when you're dealing with something like, you know, the Shadow War and you've got Vorlons and the Mimbari. But I, I severed dreams and the title stuck with me, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny. You'll be shocked to know that I actually took this um, this uh, list fairly seriously. Unlike my you, which I do not take seriously. Um, but no, no, I'm kidding. But I took this list fairly seriously. And um, so when we, we decided on Severed Dreams, I actually went back and watched a bunch of Babylon 5s because I wanted to make sure that that was the right choice. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I have to say it was because uh, some of the it's- other episodes, I remember at the time thinking were so freaking great. Uh, didn't really hold up as well as I thought. I mean, there was, I think it was, was it World Without End where, um, uh, I, I mean, the Times Squared stuff, which he's he's saying we missed the boat on. I don't feel we missed the boat on, but uh, there was the episode, you know, where they finally confront the uh, the shadows and the and the Vorlons. And I remember thinking that whole thing when um, uh, uh, the Centaurian Ambassador uh, is on Centauri and he thinks that he, he's rid it of any shadow influences and that they're going to be safe. And suddenly he realized he was the shadow. I'm like, Oh, that was really great. When we watch that, it's going to be uh, amazing. And uh, I rewatched it and I'm like, ah, this is not uh, uh, one-on-one material. And it, it has that thing where Stephen first has that little moment where he said, I swore that I would, you know, have your head on a pike and wave goodbye to you. Um, and there's this little you know, in the middle of all this superheated operatic stuff, it, it's that like Joe Straczynski weird fanboy humor yeah. where um, he's like doing this little wave to the head on the pike. And it just and it's like, oh, that stuff so takes me out of the episode. Um, and, and there's so much I love about that show and admire about that show. But um, here I'm just looking for it while we talk. Um because I did, like I said, I actually went. I, I, I'm like, I actually went back and watched a ton of stuff because I, I felt like I wanted to take this this thing seriously. Here it is. It's um, oh, into the fire. That was the episode. I'm sorry, into the fire. Which again, I I remember years ago, Rob and I had that on a list of best sci-fi of whatever year it came out, and and remembered. So so I was looking at all these Babylon Five episodes, and I was like, Severed Dreams definitely stood you know, above, but I, I get what Rob's saying, which is true that it's one like novel for television. Um, yeah. So I think it was, you know, I don't think we missed, we missed the boat too much on that. Um, I, I will say we, agreement. <laughs> we, we did miss the boat on this next one. Patrick Macias um, was shocked that we didn't, uh, we didn't have cosmic whiz kid on our list from Buck Rogers. And I have to admit that, you know, we did get uh number, th- we got 33 from Battlestar Galactica, you know, shockingly uh, uh, defeated the city on the forever, but it could have really been a three-way tie with cosmic whiz kid because of course, you know, Gary Coleman <laughs> is so great in that episode of Buck Rogers. Mark, you keep we saying, really miss- take this list very seriously. And then you come up with something like this. Yeah, yeah. I know. I have to say, I, I do. Lo- I do. Lo- I, this also, is not the one which is the, the recap with the clips. This is the one with Ray Walston as the villain right. who is going to try and kill Hieronymus Fox. Of, he was Boothby, uh, right? Yeah. Yes, he was he's a badass in Cosmic Whiskey. Um, uh, I have to tell you, like, look, I, I, I I, I get why people dig that. I, I dig that, but 
there was something about the Gary Coleman of it all and Buck Rogers kind of in the wake of our conversation. The only problem with, Aaron with Gray it, just kind of made yes. me go, well. The only problem <laughs> with it is that it's called Cosmic Whiz Kid. Now, if it had yeah. been called Cosmic Cheese Whiz. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I, w- I would say like today when they don't have the titles on the episodes anymore, it's okay, but it had it in giant, yeah. like sixty point type, as we now know, uh, extended. So, um, so, and and it said cosmic, the cosmic whiz kid. So, uh, I, I think that's a fun episode. I think Buck Rogers was perfectly represented in Flight of the War, which in Awakening. Yeah. I think any more mm-hmm. than that would have probably been uh, too much. But then would have taken C- down the seriousness of our list. But yes. you know, at CBS Spock did say he was disappointed that we did not have Space Vampire and Return of the Fighting 69th from Buck Rogers on our list. I'm coming for you. I'll kill them all to hear you. A space-age vampire stalks a lonely space station, and Buck must race to prevent Wilma from joining the ranks of the undead. You were attacked by corpses. Something or someone is draining their souls. You know what? Those would have been worthy choices too. But I think part of this exercise was not that we were going to try to capture every single episode that we liked of a thing. I think it was A, like in and of itself, is it something that stuck with us? And B, is there maybe something about the show that stuck with us and there is an episode or two that really represents it for us individually. So mm-hmm. it's not about like, are we doing an exhaustive fucking catalog? Like, look, I love Space Vampire and, yeah. you know, and uh, it, uh, but we don't have to have it on there, you know, to talk about it or to honor it. In some ways it's Awakening does that for us, right? It's, I don't know. I don't know. I still think Awakening and Flight of War, which are much better episodes. Oh, I, I Space agree. Vampire is basically Dracula in space. And, and when Aaron Gray grabbed my hand and said, it felt so good to me directly, I don't need to watch Cosmic Vampire ever again. <laughs> ever again? Uh, ever well, again? And that, was, that was exactly like when I was telling the story about Rob and I at Comic-Con, where Lee Merriweather came up yeah. to us and said, I am for you. You know, <laughs> oh, that was the greatest <laughs> thing ever. changed your life. That's what I yeah. said. It was the greatest thing ever. So I, I get she it. She still Darren. looks good. She looked yeah, great. Right. And and uh, that was, and she had a great sense of humor about it. Yeah. Unlike, you know, Clinton Howard. Okay. So, um, <laughs> Jay, uh, so Jay, um, Jay wants to give the nod to the War of the Worlds miniseries from the 80s. I th- mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's mistaking this with the, um, uh, the series that debuted concurrently with Next Generation, which of course was right. the War of the Worlds uh, ser- series for first run syndication. He's uh, thinking about tripods. Oh, he's thinking about tripods. He's thinking about right. the BBC tripods, mistaking yeah, okay. for, for War of the Worlds, which was much better than the uh, War yes. of the Worlds TV series. Yes. Um, and then, uh, of course, there was a more recent War of the Worlds for Epics, um, which I have not seen. I haven't seen it either. I hear it's uh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Peter Holmstrom, our uh, production uh, coordinator uh, and a super fan. Um, has a couple of good suggestions. He was disappointed that the Night Stalker was not represented. Uh, I think we're all big fans of Dan yep. Curtis's The Night Stalker. Yep. I, I, was... I would I would agree. I would agree. That was an uh, omission. Introduce myself. My name is Kolshak of the Daily Chronicle. Kolshak reports the bazaar, the supernatural, 
the unexplainable. You again in another crazy story. This nut thinks he is a vampire. You know what I call that? Irresponsible yellow journalism. He has killed four, maybe five women. I saw that so-called super killer wipe up the streets with your so-called police force. They don't want any help from amateur bloodhounds like you. I've been a reporter for 22 years. I've been a police officer for 30. Well, then why don't you retire? Each man in the field is issued one of these and uh, one of these. Are you suggesting that we pound one of these into Scorzini's chest? No, no, into his heart. Darren McGavin, the Night Stalker. I thought about it, but we intentionally titled the show Sci-Fi and Fantasy. And yeah. to me, this is horror. So I felt like it didn't necessarily deserve to go on the sci-fi and fantasy list. Mm. But I think we would all agree that we we love the Night Stalker and we love Darren McGavin. And um, in fact, I think Tom Vitale actually surprisingly had the Night Stalker. But as an episode of uh, of that and what was it that he had here? Um I'm trying to keep track of all these lists. Uh, of course, oh. the uh, series name was actually Kolchak, uh, colon, The Night Stalker. So uh... Thank you so much for <laughs> correcting me. Um, right. Okay, so where is... Oh, so yeah, he uh, Tom Vitale uh, said that he would... Um, he actually had a... Uh, um, where the hell is this? Now, now it's, and now it's gone. Okay. I, I can't believe I'm going through all this trouble to find the Night Stalker. Um, okay, well, it's not important. Um, so, Night Stalker, good, good, good one from Peter. I He'll think absolutely. Ghost, Ghost Watch, the BBC's answer to War of the Worlds. Ghost Watch starred actual popular TV personalities from the time, newscasters, and talk show hosts who host a BBC Halloween ghost special where they investigate a haunting in the London suburbs. Mm. Uh, while I had a disclaimer. I saw that again. Like, I think it was on either Shutter or it was on Amazon Prime. I remember watching it and thinking, oh, this is going to be like so good. I remember it. It's fine. So welcome live this Halloween night to the first ever TV ghost watch. That's the scene in uh, Fox Hill Drive in Northolt. Our outside broadcast units are there. That's the house where it might all happen tonight or it might not. We shall see. We're going to investigate one of the most baffling and fascinating areas of human experience, the supernatural. Tonight, television is going ghost hunting in an unprecedented scientific experiment we hope to show you for the first time irrefutable proof that ghosts really do exist. I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Lynn Pascoe to give her expert technical advice. Throughout the programme, I'll be taking other expert opinion about the supernatural from both here and America. You'll be telling us your ghost stories. And as our tale unfolds, we'll be taking your calls about just what you're seeing. Well, let's go to the main location of our programme, the house in Foxhill Drive. Craig Charles, that well-known ghost hunter, is our reporter. Craig, how are you? Hi, Michael. Yeah, I'm fine. I've taken the valley, man. Later on, we're going to be interviewing the medium who tried unsuccessfully to exercise the house behind me. I wonder if he's heard from Elvis lately. However, with me is Pam Early, the mum of the house. Oh, Pam. And she's going to be taking us through the whole spine-tingling story. And after that, you can share with us your own supernatural experience on our very own Halloween witchboard. I mean, switchboard. Over to you, Smithy. 
I, I think huh. the problem is it didn't have Howard K. Smith in it. And if you're going to have real life celebrities, you, you need Howard K. Smith. <laughs> um, he, he also mentioned Avatar, The Last Airbender, Siege of the North, Part 1 and 2. Zhao, don't. It's my destiny to destroy the moon and the water tribe. Destroying the moon won't hurt just the water tribe. It will hurt everyone, including you. Without the moon, everything would fall out of balance. You have no idea what kind of chaos that would unleash on the world. He is right, Dal. General Iroh, why am I not surprised to discover your treachery? I'm no traitor, Dal. The Fire Nation needs the moon, too. We all depend on the balance. Whatever you do to that spirit, I'll unleash on you tenfold. Let it go now. That is not what I would have nominated from Avatar. Look, I, I think Avatar or Legend of Korra would have been very worthy mentions um, as animated series that fit uh, into what we're talking about. I mean, look, at its height, what, one pe what many people don't understand about the Legend of Korra uh, is that it got more viewers per week than Game of Thrones. Okay, wrap your head around that. And the you know the the thing that was strange about it for Nickelodeon was that it was all like adult audience. It wasn't really kid audience, but those shows were enormously popular. I would actually say that the that the finale of uh, of Avatar: The Last Airbender would have been my pick because well, I think it summed up everything that was great about that. It's show. funny you say that because his next pick is The Legend of Korra, Venom of the Red Lotus, the season three finale of the fantastic sequel series to Avatar. Yes. And, and he says, in the era of cancel culture and films that seem to promote the idea of just kill your enemy and all your problems go away, Avatar and Korra stand tall in advocating the notion that there are no villains, only antagonists. Where have I yep. heard that before, Rob Burnett? Yeah. And that's a terrific episode. I think, I mean, I, I'm actually stunned that I myself did not suggest it because I, I think that's a that's a terrific pick it doesn't matter none of these ideas will work the second Zaheer realizes we're up to something he'll wipe out the airbenders and Opal is one of those airbenders believe me I understand what's at stake then I think you'll agree the only plan that will work is for me to give myself up what Cora no we'll figure out another way I talked it over with Lord Zuko and I've given it a lot of thought I have to do this you can't expect us to sit by and just let Zaheer take you. The world has been out of balance for far too long. It needs the Air Nation back again. I can't let Zaheer destroy it and everyone we love. Help me save the airbenders. Then you can worry about saving me. We're with you, Korra. Yes, whatever you need. We're here. I'll go radio Zaheer. You know what, though, ahead, if Rob. we went down the animation rabbit hole, I mean, Batman, yeah. the animated series would have think I think we, we would have had so way many more, way more you know animated we should do. shows. I mean, there should be an animated version, but we just don't watch animation. Well, I think that maybe on your show, Cartoon Barroom, which will be premiering right. later this year, you might want to consider doing an animation list, because I do think That's that I, as I learned in publishing when I was back in my publishing days, people love lists. Because they yes. love to compare their, I, you know, what they would put on the list. 
So if we've seen anything from these holiday specials we do every year, people you know, love I be, lists. I would be remiss to not mention, Mark, that you're still in publishing as evidenced by Nobody Does It Better, which I was ah, recently reading yes. the other day. Thank you for pointing that out, Rob Burnett. <laughs> and let's see, Buffy, <laughs> the Buffy the Vampire Slayer book you wrote, the two volume books on. Uh, so say we all. <laughs> so say we all. The oral history of Battlestar Galactica. Since you haven't thrown out a, uh, a plug yet, I figured I'd do it for you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I must say to our audience, I was grateful gratified by seeing all the people who uh, who purchased one of my books for the holidays. And uh, thank you. I'm glad uh, that you would do that. And I hope you enjoyed them. OK, uh, that would be the fifth year mission, volume one and two. So say we all about Bowser Galactica. And of course, um, most recently, nobody does it better. A complete oral history of the James Bond films. OK, so uh, wrapping up Peter's picks, uh, speaking of animation, he also had a Clone Wars pick. We had the Clone Wars was represented several times on our list. He picked the Mortis trilogy. Uh, he said season three was a landmark change in tone and quality for the Clone Wars as a transition from standalone adventure stories to more mature themes and character yeah. development. The Mortis trilogy examines the deeper, more philosophical elements of the Force, as well as the prophecy of the Chosen One and how fragile that balance can be. Hmm. So that's a good, good pick. And then uh, the last rounding out Peter's picks are The Outcast. Um, which I don't think we would have had in our 101. I think there were better episodes of um, Next Generation. Uh, he says, but this is interesting because clearly the outcast was one of Star Trek's first attempts to deal with sort of trans and gay issues, which is, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something that they really tiptoed around in the 90s. Sure. Um, obviously, it was a very different time. So he says, when plenty of people today or at the time might have issues with this episode, I cite this as being a major influence in my own perspective on the need for tolerance and acceptance of people's differences and the dangers that can occur if you don't Star Trek at its best. Okay, well, that's one opinion. Doesn't happen to be ours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good episode. It's yeah. a good episode. And Frakes is quite good in it. This is uh, where he falls in love with um, uh, an alien who is has no gender, if I recall. Right. Yes. We have not injured you in any way. And yet we are scorned and attacked. And all because we are different. What we do is no different from what you do. We talk and laugh. We talk about our families and we worry about the future. And we cry with each other when things seem hopeless. All of the loving things that you do with each other is what we do. What right do you have to punish us? What right do you have to change us? What makes you think you can dictate how people love each other? Right. Okay. Fascinating. Okay. And his last pick would be from Millennium, also represented in our contact once. Uh, he had uh, Lamentation, underappreciated show. Frank Black, played by Lance Henriksen, has spent a life delving into the darkness of criminals and serial killers. But here for the first time, he's confronted by an evil that is even purer than that. Terrifying stuff. On an all new millennium, Frank Black has pursued the darkest evil. It knows you, Frank. But Friday. Oh, my God. Evil. Who are you? Finds him. 
An all-new millennium. Who is in my house? Friday at 9, 8 central on Fox. Parental discretion advised. Uh, you know what? I kind of agree, except that um, I, I mean, actually, I do agree. I think that's a great episode. But if I were going to nominate another episode of Millennium, I also would have gone down the Darren Morgan rabbit hole again and nominated Jose Chung's Doomsday Defense. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's interesting. I think both of the, the those episodes that we picked, somehow someone got somehow someone got behind me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jose Chung's. Those were atypical episodes. I think Millennium is a show that it, it couldn't decide what it wanted to be in its three seasons. They kept kind of changing mm-hmm. the premise. But the first season when he was dealing with serial killers, I mean, it was really like it was almost like Manhunter or Red Dragon, the series. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it started with FBI profiling. And I thought it was really, really good. And um, when they finally got to the Millennium, the show really screwed the pooch. <laughs> it's like, uh-oh, we don't know where we're going to go now. So it's going to be like four dudes. I think it was tough. People forget how hugely popular X-Files was at the time. Right. And so this was first and foremost an X-Files spinoff, which was a blessing and a curse and much more successful than uh, the Lone Gunman series, which followed it. And then Harsh Realm, which was not a spinoff, but in the world of the Chris Carterverse. Right. Um, and uh, uh, but Millennium, yeah, it had a, a trouble really locking into what it was going to to be. But it was sort of anchored by this really interesting, laconic performance by Lance Hendrickson. So good. OK, well, one of the most prepared guests we've ever had who joined us for our Galaxy Quest show uh, was Steve Melching. And I'm, saying, I'm is it going to be a Steve Melching? <laughs> Whenever uh, you say prepared, I think that. I, I, I'm surprised that the uh, the fires of Uranus from the Galaxy Quest TV series <laughs> is not on his list. Um, but what is on his list is um, his number one. Uh, and this is, again, uh, this was uh, given to us before on our final episode aired. So he had the same pick, uh, 33 from Battlestar Galactica. Mm. Uh, he said, after a slow start from the miniseries, the first regular episode of the 2004 series showed what the series is capable of telling gritty, intense stories with challenging characters and morally complex themes. And I'm sure Steve watched it at least three or four times again to write that sentence. Yes, he did. Good. Because well, he can he can stay on 430 movie now. Um, he also <laughs> picked um, another episode that was on our list. It shows how simpatico we are with Steve, right. of course, because uh, Deep Space Nine, The Visitor, yeah. uh, which was on our list, written by Michael Taylor. And uh, he also had one of our, our top 10 picks, Twin Peaks, the pilot, Northwest Passage. Mm-hmm. Horror sci-fi, grounded in rich melodrama and character humor that brought truly cinematic storytelling to television for the first time. So, um, and Steve, to his credit, actually puts the writers, each one, he put the writers down and not just the list of the episode, which you would think we would have done, but to his credit, written by David Lynch and Mark Frost, the X-Files, he had Jose, I mean, almost going for a complete uh, uh, matching of our top 10. Jose Chung's From Outer Space, written by Darren Morgan. Brilliant standalone episode that simultaneously follows and deconstructs the show's formula while telling a touching character story. Of yep. course, it's Charles Nelson Riley. How could it not be touching? <laughs> okay, and then uh, where he finally uh, uh, separates from the pack is with his final pick, Cosmos, A Personal Voyage, Shores huh. of the Cosmic Ocean, written by Carl Sagan, Steve Soder, and Andrew. And not science fiction, but science fact. This episode proves the documentary television can be as riveting, profound, and moving as our drama. I love Cosmos. It doesn't belong on our list. I completely I agree. agree. I, agree. <laughs> I completely agree. 
Now that brings us to one of our favorite guests. Uh, what can you say about this guy? He's enthusiastic. He's enthusiastic. And man, is he enthusiastic. He's a fan of the Kelvin universe. He's pretty much a fan of everything. And uh, we're Scott Mance. Mance. This is Scott Mance. We're honored to call him <laughs> a friend. He's been a film we're critic a fan for of Mance. Access Hollywood. We're fans. He is, uh, he's the movie Mance. Uh, he is a huge fan of both the Beatles and Star Trek. And uh, he gave us our list. And this should be interesting. So uh, would anyone like to guess what's number one on his list? Uh, would it be uh, Metamorphosis? <laughs> yes. You are correct. <laughs> uh, number two also uh, represented, our, this was represented on our list, uh, the Battlestar Galactic episode War of the Gods. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, number three also represented. Yeah, or sorry, Patrick McNee. Um, so I'm glad we were able to resolve that for you in case you're ever in polite conversation with a network executive. And or Patrick McNee. <laughs> well, that'd be difficult. That would be difficult. But still, <laughs> if I were like doing a seance, right, and I think I'm going to get the voice of Patrick Patrick McNee but... there? <laughs> no well, no yes. answer. <laughs> <laughs> Can I speak to Diana Rigg, please? Um, okay. He also had also on the list uh, our list, uh, The Prisoner, Many Happy Returns, mm-hmm. which we all agreed was a, a great episode of The Prisoner to be on our list. And uh, again, uh, it was hard only having one episode of The Prisoner because, of course, I think that's a series that we all love. Yeah. Yes. Um, but there is only 17 episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. And now Buck Rogers makes its triumphant return The Plot to Kill a City. Must discover what final retribution the assassins are planning against the directorate. Now we're gonna teach the Earth people a lesson. How? The total destruction of the Terran capital. <laughs> Entire hangar is going up in five minutes. Um, I believe this was the episode with Frank Gorshin. Unlike Steve Melching, he did not p- provide his insightful analysis and plot synopsis. So I will have to go by memory. Uh, I do believe that was uh, Frank Gorshin who wanted revenge against Dr. Hewer and was plotting to, kill to destroy. Kill a city? Riddle <laughs> <laughs> um, me this, Buck. <laughs> I am uh, obviously a fan of the original Buck Rogers. Uh, I don't see this in our top 101, but I'm not surprised that Scott did. Okay. Um, and Scott finishes his top five, uh, which is a great pick. Uh, Doctor Who, The Caves of Androsiani. Yeah. Androsiani. Yeah. You want to say something about that, That's Darren? Italian. <laughs> it's fragile. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's Macne. It's Macne. Macne. It's Macne. It's Macne and cheese. Perry, I see Professor Jackage knew his stuff. Good old Jackage. Jackage? You got the bat's milk? Contains an anti-vesicant, I imagine. Interesting. Where is it? What? The bat's milk. Finished. Only enough for you. No. There must be something I can do. Tell me. Too late, Perry. Going soon. It's time to say goodbye. You can't leave me now. I might regenerate. I don't know. Where is 
feels different this time. <laughs> you know, like like all of uh, you know of Doctor Who, especially from that time period, um, it's uh, it's very long, and uh, you know the stories are interesting, and there are great moments from them. They aren't memorable to me. I remember all of Doctor Who from 1974 through, you know, 80 as one big episode. Mm. So <laughs> if, if, any, if anything of Doctor Who of that time period would be put in, I would put uh, Robot, which was the first episode with uh, Tom Baker. Because mm. it's, it's really good and it's really right. fun and it's really memorable. Uh, yeah, look... I think a few people had mentioned that we missed the boat on Doctor Who. I don't know if we missed the boat. I mean, there's so many great Doctor Who episodes. I, I mean, I think there were some David Tennant episodes in addition to Blink that we could have had. I mean, Blink was certainly the one to have. But, I mean, Love and Monsters was a really good episode. Rose, which introduced um, her as a companion. There's also the Tom Baker episode, The Seeds of Doom, which mm -hmm. is sort of like a Day of the Triffids kind of thing, which was, was pretty cool. And then The Runaway Bride, which introduced Catherine Tate, which is also – you know, super fun. So, I mean, they're definitely episodes, but I mean, to me, Blink was a no brainer. I think Rob nominated that. Um, but, uh, you know, you could go down a very deep rabbit hole with Doctor Who. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't be able to come up with a, uh, you know, a complete 101 episodes of Doctor Who that people would be happy with. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, so, that's a good point. Or, or Star Trek for that yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. Paul Salamoff brings you the 101 greatest episodes of Doctor Who. Thank you. We'll see you next week. <laughs> um, so okay now that brings us to uh, Mike Sussman he's going to go very quickly because Mike Sussman who was uh, who will be on an upcoming episode talking about uh, the Star Trek uh, spinoffs we want to see uh, and of course was here to do Star Trek the motion picture commentary last year for the 40th anniversary and also uh, on our Voyager episode um, where we talked about the Borg um, uh, all his picks were on our list Mm. Again, this list was prior to hearing our list. His lists include number one, City on the Edge of Forever. Mm -hmm. uh, number two, Battlestar Galactica, 2004, 33. Number three was Doctor Who, Blink. Number yeah. four was The X-Files, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose, also on our list. And finally, number five, also on our list, The Mandalorian, Chapter 9, The Marshall. So go. all of Mike's, uh, uh, Mike's episodes were represented on our list. Clearly very simpatico with Mike. Uh, a great guest. Uh, we're always happy, happy to have him on the show and obviously a man of impeccable taste. So, <laughs> no um, okay. Uh, another guest uh, from the show was uh, Roger Thompson. Roger Thompson was part of our teaching Trek episode. He's a professor of Chungya university where he teaches star Trek to a bunch of uh, students who have no idea what they're in for. Um, and it was one of our most interesting shows uh, to talk about Star Trek and academia. Roger was a great guest. He teaches uh, the ethics of Star Trek, ethics, ethics. Um, much like John Polito and Miller's Crossing. And uh, these, these are his picks. Uh, Star Trek, uh, This Side of Paradise on our list. Star Trek, Where No Man Has Gone Before. Possible way to get Mitchell off this ship. If you mean Strand Mitchell there, I won't do it. The station is fully automated. There's not a soul on the whole planet. Even the ore ships call only once every 20 years. And you have one other choice. Kill Mitchell while you still can.
Get out of here. It is your only other choice. Assuming you make it while you still have time. Will you try for one moment to feel? At least act like you've got a heart. We're talking about Gary. The captain of the Valiant probably felt the same way. And he waited too long to make his decision. I think we've both guessed that. Set course for Delta Vega. Gary Mitchell. Interesting. I, I'm not surprised to hear the ethics teacher would pick that because, of yeah. course, it, it's sort of the Nietzsche man and Superman I, ideal. It's like when he given superpowers, you know, what does he do with them? And right. uh, he uh, nothing he good throws comes rocks at Jim Kirk. That's right. And hits on Sally Kellerman. Yeah. Well, who would? Um, but uh, good episode. Not a great episode. But obviously, we're all indebted to it for getting Star Trek Greenlit. That's right. Um, has cool things about it. Now, this is an interesting choice that you would only find on Roger's list. Uh, Next Generation, the episode is Ethics. This is the one where Worf becomes a paraplegic. Right. And they have to conduct a medical procedure, uh, a risky and uh, medical procedure to determine whether or not, uh, you know, Worf will ever walk again. After a devastating injury, Worf will never regain the use of his legs. A crippled warrior chooses suicide over life as an invalid. I want you to help me die. Can a medical miracle save him? If he goes into that operation, he could come out a corpse. Or will he die under the knife? He's going into cardiac arrest. On Star Trek, The Next Generation. Not one of my favorites. What about you guys? Yeah, it's uh, it's more Idea important. Really it's good. it's more important than it is entertaining. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, it's like, sort of looking at stem cell research. It's just give me the right. You know what? It's it's just one of those things where I think that episodes of of television need to be like engaging and entertaining, and I don't mean like in one tone, like hey, it's fun, like. You know, in their own right. I think they need to work as drama first. Messages are great. If you want to give me a message, write it down and send it to me. <laughs> you know, but but if you're going to like and having a message with an hour of drama is also great, but it needs to be great drama first. And I don't think ethics is. You know, it's so funny. The famous quote, famous Hollywood quote, you know, about message movies is right. well, if you want to send a message, call Western Union. But you say that now. <laughs> yeah. And, and no one, nobody knows, knows, what knows what that what means. Telegram Send an is. email. <laughs> Send me a text. Yeah, I mean it's it's so it's so it's so funny. Um, okay, so now also on his list, you're gonna love this from everyone's favorite space, 1999, Black Sun. That's interesting. That's a good episode. Yeah. I like Black Sun. Famously about a black hole, but they called it a Black Sun. Right. Yeah. Because it's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of cool. <laughs> Not as cool as that 1979 <laughs> classic, The Black, Black Hole. Hole. <laughs> um, no. Look at the size oh. of that hole. No, Black Sun what? is a good, a good first season episode. Yeah, it is. And spooky. Yeah. <clears throat> it's got a great um, score too. Yeah, yeah, and and well represented on that wonderful four disc uh, set of uh, Barry Green music from the original uh, Space 1999. Um, 
So there we get a little Space 1999 action. And his last pick is a series that was not represented on the show. I wonder how you guys feel about that. Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, The Phantom Strikes. Next week on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, the eerie return of a ghost ship and its ghost captain, a terrifying journey into the beyond. want you to kill Captain Crane. What happened? Tell me what's happened. Tell me! Fly four! The Phantom Strike next week on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea here on this channel. I would say that we didn't... Uh, Irwin Allen was woefully not included, really. I mean, we had a little oh, loss we of had space. Thanks loss to Darren. Of space, yeah. But uh, you know, no time tunnel, no vo- village of the giants or land of the giants. Land of the giants. No, no, um, no time tunnel. <laughs> if that's there was it. just a village of the, the, giants, of the giants, it might have not. That's been the movie. That's the but that's you know the what? movie. Though. We <laughs> also didn't have any far out space nuts. That's true. Or right? the lost saucer. Yeah, we didn't have any of that. No I fantastic mean, journey. No, 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 a lot of, Man. no powers of Matthew Starr, the right. Phoenix, no. the you know, Dr. Shrinker, right? He was a man yeah. with an evil mind, he and was we a didn't even man talk with an evil mind. Mad- we yes, kind of right. had Lindsville with uh, well, with yeah, with Jose, Jose Chung, yes, a no <laughs> land of the lost, legitimately. no land of the lost, no, no. Land, land of the lost. Well, I, I, was, I was gonna get to that, but someone I think had land of the lost on their list, no HR puffin stuff. You could make a case for land of lost, we'll get to that, but um. I, you know, Rob, I have to say, reading about Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea reminds me of the year at the Saturn Awards where we met David Hedison and hired him yes. to be in our, uh, uh, our, our sadly unrealized uh, Free Enterprise 2. What a lovely man he was. He was so great. He even had notes, though. Remember, we, we added yeah, a little bit. He had three lines. We, had, we added more to his dialogue. Did he have a fly but head he, on at the time? But he was going to do it. He was going to do it. And it was going to be a pleasure because he hadn't acted in a long time. And uh, to have Felix Leiter in our movie, I know um, it was it was it would have been pretty cool. But he was I, the one thing I remember is he was just such a charming, classy individual. What a guy! He was really mm-hmm. an amazing guy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so now um, we talked about. Uh, um, okay, so now uh, we're going to go back to Tom Vitale's very thoughtful list again. Executive at the Sci Fi Channel for many years, so uh, he knows his genre and has some very specific picks. One, of course, is like this is almost impossible task to represent the Twilight Zone well. I think we did a pretty good idea. It was on a list a number of times. Um, but uh, he, his pick for the number one Twilight Zone would have been It's a Good Life. He was a bad man, so I turned him into a jack-in-the-box. A jack-in-the-box that still had his bad face. And you mustn't think bad thoughts about me either, or I'll do the same thing to you. Play some more music. It's good what you've done to Dan. It's real good. It was swell. It was just swell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you can make that argument. Agreed. But uh, that goes back to our, our statement of we don't necessarily want to have the ones that are on everybody's list. Right. Agreed. I mean, that's why I think having walking distance was great because it's not something you see on a lot of yeah. um, lists. Whereas, you know, we did have Eye of the Beholder and we had, we didn't have Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, which was no, interesting. No. Particularly given the. Because, uh, honestly, it's not a very good episode. I know, but I said, given the fact oh, that is. we're all such no, Shatner aficionados. I disagree with that. Shatner is great, but it's not very good. But there's a man on the wing of the print. But, you know, there's here's the man thing on the wing. 
almost almost there's a that is that has permeated pulp culture Pop you know, culture too. Pop culture, culture more than virtually any Twilight Zone. Everyone knows Nightmare on Twilight. And how many times have you gone on a plane and looked out on the wing to make sure there wasn't a man on the wing in a plane? Every time. Everybody, See, I gotta say, I'm not making sure there's not. I'm vaguely hoping there is. And not only that, you know, <laughs> it was also one of the episodes that was remade for the movie. Those are all, you yeah. know, it's a good life. Um, and 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 um, and Nightmare uh, Twenty. Kick the can and Nightmare Twenty Thousand Feet. But of course, for that, it was nightmare 40,000 feet because planes could go higher. Yeah, right. No, that's not true. Okay, so a good thousand more. Um, we had, uh, he also has Farscape, which was represented on our list once. His episode, We're So Screwed, part two, hot to Katrazzi. John Crichton. And partner, what did we miss? You've taken a great risk coming here. Why shouldn't I just have you seized right now? Well, maybe this. What's that? Plutonium core. Tritium shell. Does that translate? A fission ball. Put those down! Nice threats. You must be the emperor. Now, before anybody decides to get clever, you should know I have multiple dead man sensors from every culture on my ship and a few cultures I haven't heard of. My heart stops. We all go boom. Says, I love your guys' choice of Farscape, but I would argue that We're So Screwed is the best episode of the series. I know that David Kemper and Ben Browder were particularly proud of this episode. It had a manic energy, and Browder was given a lot of freedom to improvise during the filming of this one. It's a great episode. Crichton wears a nuke to a peace negotiation and jumps up and down on a conference table. The fa fate of the galaxy is in Crichton's hands, and he uses the threat of ultimate destruction to force peace upon two violent and warring sides. The episode has a great peacenik message. It really is wonderful. I, you know, I, I agree with that, and I, that would have been my pick if I liked Farscape. <laughs> well, I do like Farscape. Wow, Farscape, Farscape, um, and and I think that you know that's a totally fine pick. Um, but again, you know, I, to me, if we're going to represent that show, then I, I wanted to get, I wanted to talk about the thing that you you don't, I don't think you normally talk about with Farscape. It, you talk about like the manic energy and how like funny it is and kind of like all that all that other stuff. But I think when that show is at its best, it really made you feel something um in a very visceral way which was which is why i didn't pick that episode but i think that's a worthy pick no it, it makes me feel i wish we'd put a taste of armageddon on the list from star trek mm -hmm. that's what it makes me just mean. a taste um, just a just a, a dab taste. it's a like the chef taste. would like you to have a sample of armageddon he's sending it out to the table <laughs> and along the sequel with the episode a dash of doomsday yeah <laughs> the doomsday dash tom, tom also has on his list the pilot from lost I've just been through a trauma here, okay? We've all been through a trauma. I haven't felt the baby move since yesterday. <laughs> Give it a break. I know you're tight. You saw what that thing did to the pilot. What makes you think we're any safer here than we are in the jungle? If you see anything, run. What is that? Something else is already transmitted. Her voice is weird. What is she saying? What is this? Come here. Freaking, come on, bring it! Nothing that I crashed the thing. Go on. Something's coming. It's coming. 
coming towards us, I think. One of the best of science fiction pilots ever made. Yep. Maybe the best of the series. We talked about How the many Lost. episodes does he have on his list? Lost. He, he seems it, to have well, a lot of them. He's supposed to have five, but the, the, <laughs> you know he couldn't help himself because he also has, uh, and again, I would quibble with this, Frank Herbert's Dune miniseries. Nope. Better than the David nope. Lynch movie. Very successful. Incredibly well made. Nope. One of the top Children five of Dune, nope. yes. But not the not the Dune. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the, the Dune miniseries yeah. either. I, and I am a fan of the uh, David Lynch movie. In the world we live in, self-interest governs all. This is my legacy to you, son. Greatest wealth in the universe. The never-ending struggle to defend it. I'm gonna bathe this knife with your blood. I'm having dreams again. Visions. Even when I'm awake. This place is changing me. It's the spice. It's in the air we breathe, in the food we eat. I can't escape it. But knowing there's a trap is the first step in abating it. I want him to know that I, Baron Vladimir Hakkinen, am the instrument of his family's demise. Nobody, nobody. He, he once again has Doctor Who represented in Genesis oh, of the Daleks. I think a classic Doctor Who episode mm-hmm. is warranted. And Tom Bader, Baker is the most classic of classic <laughs> Doctors. And this is probably his best arc. The automated Dalek production line has been started. I gave no such order. Who did? I gave the command. You will perform no function unless ordered by me. You will obey only my commands. The production line is to be halted immediately. You heard my order. Obey. Now, uh, Darren is just sitting there with his mouth like, I'm not going to say anything. They were. He was our guest. Um, Okay. This is actually a good pick that I could get behind. I'm curious what you guys think. Uh, Blipverts from Max Headroom. Max Headroom was way ahead of his time. It was a potentially great show, but went over its head, the head of most people. Plot is terrific science fiction adventure television. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I totally agree with that. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what we missed. Uh, And, and uh, you know, it was a short lived series on ABC based on the popular uh, character from British commercials. I believe Matt Frewer played uh, Max Headroom. Amanda Pays was, uh, and and um, the lovely the, Amanda Pays, who is in fact Amanda represented Pace. on our list in uh, the Bilson and DeMeo Flash. 
That's right. And, um, and, and, and in Corbin Bernson's life. Okay. Yes. Uh, interesting. Okay. So good for you, Tom, you found one that we think should be on the list. Um, or also Orphan Black, Variation Under Domestication. Orphan Black is considered one of the best science fiction series of the last decade. This is probably the best episode for a very strong first season. Um, mm. I have to say, I watched the show religiously. I don't know if I would go along with that statement. Uh, yeah, I, 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 you know, he was a network executive. He, he indulges in hyper, hyperbole. Uh, I was a big fan <laughs> of Tatiana Maslany. Um, uh, I, I really liked the show. I could not, re- I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. I mean, if if we if we're gonna go that route, uh, why not? Uh, you know, the pilot of Dollhouse. Why? No. Because it was. It wasn't good. good? <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I'd make a case for more episodes of Buffy and Angel. I mean, Buffy was represented three times on our list, which is about yeah. right with yeah. Hush mm-hmm. and uh, once and and the body and. Um, uh, there um, definitely could have been more angel and Check angel. We only had smile time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We could have done so. more than just smile time for sure. Uh, absolutely. Uh, now I'm curious what Ashley says about this next pick. Um, this is from Fringe. The episode "The Day We Died." Fringe turned into an excellent science fiction series after they stopped pretending they were a near genre procedural and uh, embraced the genre. The episode is great and was a bit of a turning point for the show. Uh, <laughs> I think I think great is a strong word. Any thoughts, Rob? Uh, yeah, I think great. See, here's the, the thing with these shows is, again, Fringe. I enjoyed Fringe while I was watching it. I thought it was really interesting, but again, it kind of changed its premise every season. But it became really interesting. But it, after it was all over, it was over for me. You know, I didn't go back and I, I didn't revisit the episodes. And I think that's really prob- a, a problem for our modern serialized genre storytelling when they turn into these long stories is that there's not standalone. You don't sit there and go, oh, I'm going to throw in this one episode. That's why the, the what was it? The Reigns of Castamere. Was that the name yeah. of the Red Wedding episode? Yeah. That's yeah. why that episode resonates is because you can't believe what happens. So you go back and you watch it over and over right, again right. and you think about it. And when we were growing up, these these episodic shows, they were standalone shows that you could put in and watch for 50 minutes and enjoy them. And you felt you got a full meal. Yeah. Whereas all these modern serialized shows, I don't think they have the rewatchability. You have to take they such don't. big bites of them to remember them. Because there's such a, they don't put a premium on delivering, this is going to be a whole goddamn rant, but uh, I, I think there is a way to balance serialized storytelling with the kinds of things that we're talking about. But to do that, you have to deliver story problems in those individual episodes that um, that are memorable. Mm-hmm. Uh, story problems that kind of get you from point A to, to point B so that as an audience member, as somebody consuming that story, I feel as though um, I go through a journey and I have resolution at the end of it. Like there's, then I can remember what the problem is. I can remember the thing like versus all the crap that kind of goes around it. And I think you're right. It's like, once you kind of go down that serialized path, it's harder to remember. I mean, the thing that's smart about the Mandalorian is that it is kind of like, we we talk about it as the $6 million Mandalorian, but it's, it is kind of episodic yet. It also has the serialized elements, but we could talk about individual episodes. Right. Right. Yeah. Good point. Great point, actually. Um, and but don't worry, he's not done. Oh, but yeah. I'm going to continue because these are actually some good 
good picks because uh, along the lines of what we're saying, and I think this might have been an omission for us, and I, I might give him this one, Circle from Land of Lost. This was actually a very cool story for kids show and isn't La- La- Land of Lost a great gateway series for young kids in the sci-fi fandom? was for us. I don't know if I would go with Circle. Mm-hmm. I probably would, you go would have gone with Enoch. Oh, yeah. That was the uh, the um, Slee Stack, uh, the Slee Stack from the, the future. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. believe written by Walter Koenig. Wow. And, and he didn't even turn into a giant. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the infinite Enoch. The infinite Enoch. Exactly. They <laughs> just, sorry. you know, Sid, Sid and Marty Croft couldn't figure that one out. So they kept him life size. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then, I mean, uh, I, yeah, just, just uh, hitting on that again, I think Land of the Lost was especially a good show in its time frame because it, it it didn't have to be a good show right mm-hmm. and yet at at points it was extremely well done so and and there are so many connections to star trek when you look at it yeah david gerald dc fontana mm-hmm. um you know herman so zimmer herman zimmer these direct lineage uh, yeah. of uh, of star trek um which is which is which is interesting, you know. Because a lot of them worked throughout the '70s, and there's not a ton, you know, that you would say holds up, you know, compared to their Star Trek work. Right. Um, obviously, David Gerald had uh, as a novelist did some great work, but you know, none of the TV really holds up. And you know, for DC, you know, she ran Fantastic Journey, um, mm-hmm. which was not a particularly great show. Although she did some good work on Logan's Run, which we also uh, neglected to mention right. in our countdown. Um, there is one episode neglected to mention. Well, I mean, yeah. I do think that there was one uh, episode of uh, the Logan's Run TV series, which was um, the uh, Man Out of Time, which is a, a, pr- a pretty good episode. You know, but I'm grading on a curve because it is Logan's Run, the TV series. Well, I mean, if if I were to expand the range of stuff that I would pick from, I would include episodes of Shazam and yeah. ISIS. Yeah, you know, uh, but but I'm not <laughs> because they don't belong on this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know. So he also mentions that we we picked some great X Files episodes, which we obviously X Files was represented uh, a number of times on our list. Uh, he said we he feels we missed Home, the host, Squeeze. Remember the house your parents warned you to stay away from? This Friday, you'll understand why. This is our home, and this is the way it's gonna stay. Brand new X-Files, Friday. Home, home, because it's graphic, people remember it. It is not a great episode of that show. Mm. Yeah. People remember because it's got ooh, it's got a cannibal family. Yeah. So yeah. what? It's so there's so many better. Who episodes. doesn't have a cannibal family? Yeah, I, I, I am not. I remember the Kenner action figures of the cannibal family. They were pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they have like didn't they go like go on tours like a singing group? Yeah. Yeah. Tom also mentions he was surprised during our holiday special that we missed the classic Mork and Mindy episode. It's a wonderful Mork. You know what? I have to say. I was this close to no, nominating some work in Mindy. And then I, you know, my sanity returned. Ha. Huh. So <laughs> I yeah. would only pick episodes from when Mork knew the guys at the deli. <laughs> <laughs> well, he also pointed out, and we, we did represent the Planet of the Apes TV series with the trap. His pick would have been the pilot escape from tomorrow. 
I think the trap's a better episode. I agree. Yeah. And of course, all those, uh, those, those few Planet of the Apes um, episodes were turned into telefilms that famously aired syndication on things like the 430 movie, like with, and the best thing they had going for them with those great titles, right. Treachery and Greed on the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and, uh, what were the other titles of those like Planet of the Apes telephones? Life, life and Pursuit on the Planet of the oh, Apes. No, Life, like Liberty, and Pursuit life Liberty and Pursuit on the Planet, on the planet of the Apes. Yeah. Right. I mean, those were great. I mean, yeah. the titles were great. The yeah. episode's not so good. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, but that's what they used to do with these short-lived TV shows yeah. in the 70s. And they turn them into these TV movies. Galactica famously did that too. And... Um, they even, you know, added some footage uh, and then uh, uh, to, to some of them to, to pad them out. Um, but that's where, you know, like uh, kind of like this um, episode. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like this, which brings me to an episode. I, I Rob will have an opinion about this. Uh oh, here it goes. Uh, the episode is is Nuke from the TV show Lex. These visitors mean the end of our way of life. I'm concerned about you, Brother Randor. You are highly agitated. Luke has never had visitors since the landing. Visitors are change. These are truly terrible circumstances. Brothers. Such a wacky episode and wacky and under, misunderrated, misunderstood and underrated series. Had a huge rating for sci-fi. This is the Space Monks episode. You know, I, I did catch up with my Lex. And... Uh, uh, yeah, it's Canadian, German, whatever it is. <laughs> it's German. It's like, look, I kind of had, I don't know if I can. Sure you can. Yeah, I, look, I, I kind of liked Lex, but it's like, but I don't remember anything about it no, other than I, it was yeah. freaking weird. You know what it I'm was, saying? It was a very weird show. And look, I enjoyed watching it when I watched it. But ultimately, mm, mm-hmm. it, it falls into the same category for me as... The 1973 show, The Star Lost. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it's maybe it may has some interesting ideas in it, but it's so weird to look at and so odd and so unappealing that uh, you know it sort of falls off to the side for me. That that does remind me, though. I'm going to file away a little note that um, for if we ever get to do another goddamn Starship Smackdown, the Lex is a pretty powerful. I believe, I yes, believe that is. our audience members mentioned it several times and we just have said, they we just kind of ignore them is that the yeah. deal yeah okay i i was uh <laughs> I, I i i was really happy i have to say when boston rob uh stabbed lex in the back i i preferred that was my favorite episode oh wait we're not talking about survivor okay because there was a lag remember lex from survivor yeah yeah, yeah okay boston uh, uh we, we 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 talked about uh, kenneth johnson uh and yeah. v he had another popular show on Fox. This was Alien Nation. And Tom suggests the game was an episode worthy of inclusion. Yeah, there's a lot of great Alien Nation episodes. And again, we were remiss, I think, in leaving it out. I guess he you don't agree. <laughs> no, apparently not. He no, also wait, mentioned not showing up on this list doesn't mean that the show wasn't good. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. It just it's means like... he's not worthy of being in our top 101. Um, our very know, all... specific list. Yeah. Uh, Eureka, Founders Day. Eureka was a better series, and people mm-hmm. gave it credit for. This was the best episode. Okay, to each their own. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, um, so yeah, and then of course uh, there were a few uh, fans who, um, well, not a few, there were very few who, uh, <laughs> uh, who asked uh, 
uh, no discovery of Picard? And the answer would be yes, no discovery of Picard. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yes, correct. And uh, okay, so those uh, were some of the comments from fans and our guests. Uh, guys, what do you think we missed the boat on? Any Anything you would have, uh, in retrospect, liked to have seen on the list that maybe we we uh, we didn't include? Hmm. Mm, I think I think the list was pretty thorough. Mm-hmm. And, no, and, and, I, I and feel sort of like hit on things that uh, we normally don't think about, but I don't know. It's tough for me to look at 101 great episodes and not have Journey to Babel on there, not have Q Who on there. Yeah, but um, again, we, as we were talking, it's not the episode. It's not the greatest episodes. It's the episodes that are. You know, most oh, memorable to us. The title of the episode is the 101 greatest episodes ever. That's yeah, what it but is. there's like there's the idea of the greatest when you're sitting back and kind of and and looking at it with a with a critical eye, like as a critic, right? You know, and and then there's the greatest, like when you're talking to your friends, and you're like, that is the greatest thing like I've ever seen. But that's man. true because you're but you're grading it on its ability to entertain and enjoy. Now yes. part of that is nostalgia, so be it. But but, but also to stick also with you. Grading it on the ability to fit it into the list. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, well, look exactly. I'm sure. Uh, I, I'm sure 102 through 150 would be equally interesting. Absolutely. And that's why we're about and to bring no, you. <laughs> another the six next. hour three episode uh <laughs> i realized no. oh my god just th- no. eight hours guys we did eight hours yeah, what do people yeah. want we did eight hours and we probably like talked about so many more things than that we wound did eight up eight hours the and list. they're still sending us lists of stuff that we missed <laughs> and they're still sending us lists <laughs> I know. so okay well before we, we this wrap podcast before <laughs> before we wrap this up i know we are a podcast that celebrates the love but you know, for for matter, there is always an equal and opposite anti-matter. Matter. Yeah. So I got to ask you, w- worst episode of sci-fi television ever. Oh, my God. Anything oh, Doctor that's... Who. Did you say anything Doctor <laughs> anything Who? Anything Doctor Who. Oh, no, God. that's not <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm you know just I, trying to troll I, I, people. I have, I have to say, <laughs> you know, I, I watched Doctor Who a lot in the 70s on PBS. Tom Baker was a fan. Um and uh, the robot dog canine. And, uh, you know, uh, right before I started working on librarians, you know, obviously that show was very influenced by Doctor Who. So I, I, I binged a bunch of Doctor Who and I, I hadn't watched it in a long time. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was super fun. No, yeah, I'm just trolling. I, 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 I would say that all three seasons of Star Trek Discovery collectively amount to some of the worst television Star, science fiction television ever, especially considering the lineage of where it should be and where it is, where it actually has wound up. Ashley, what about you? Where's where's sci-fi uh, a TV show? <laughs> TV oh episode, excuse me. Um, it, it's just, I don't know if I can really answer that in an, in an honest way because the, the stuff that's really bad, that's truly bad, is the stuff you don't remember. And, and right. I, I want us to think about it in this way. Like, we will have conf- these incredibly passionate conversations about something like Spectre of the Gun, right? right. Which we'll all argue, it's, it's great. It's it's kind of not, we know that, but at the same time, it's also right. awesome. And we love it. The stuff that's just boring and freaking mediocre, like we just, it just, oh yeah, that happened. To me, right. that's the stuff that's truly yeah. bad. 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's true because my pick would probably be, and again, I'm, I'm sure the shows are far worse, but these are the things that remember in my mind stick out as being incredibly painful. And, I, you know, in fact, I know there are episodes that are worse of other shows, but, you know, certainly, you know, Night Terrors and Masks to me represent the nadir of awfulness of, <laughs> um, you know, uh, of, of, of shows that I just, you know, and I, shows I otherwise love. Like I love, you know, I love The Next Generation. And, you know, I think there are a lot of episodes of that show I, I think are terrific. And I, I'm sure that I would rather watch Mass and Night Terrors. In fact, I know that there, I would rather watch Night Terrors and Mass than well, other things, uh, uh, than you know, ethics. I've aired. I would, I would rather watch those episodes than Ethics. Well, since you put it this way, I have to be serious. You know, I, I make fun of Discovery, but I do think that, my beloved Star Trek has one of the worst episodes of television ever made. And that is, and the children shall lead. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it's the original series. I know it's got my, my boys in it and all that. Uh, what the Bella. Uh, it, it's just one of the most God awful hours of television ever. It makes the alternative factor look like gone with the wind. I can't go there. Oh. I, I think alternative <laughs> factor is worse in my book. Oh no. Because at least, you know, at least and the Children Charlie has an interesting uh, uh, ice cream ordering scene. <laughs> oh. It shows you how the replicator works. It's, it's yeah. important, you know, it's like the 3D printer of the future. color code. Right? But it, it, by the by the Ashley like scale of does <laughs> that episode get included on the list of worst? I would say no, because I remember the little song and I remember, yeah. you know, Melvin Belli. It's like that sticks out in my head. Yeah. I would argue that alternative factor is worse simply because it is harder for me to come up with something you truly can't memorable remember from, scenes it. from it. Oh, yes, the galaxy exactly. winks out. That isn't true. I love the alternative factor. I love it. Uh, like, you know, I don't agree with you on your love for it, but I do agree with you that there are worse episodes. I mean, I think the the, the lost finale potentially, I would say, is worse than which I still yeah. don't know what happened in it. And to be absolutely <laughs> equal and fair, I think there are several Space 1999 episodes that belong on the worst of all time list. So, you know, mm. can't remember and look, guys. Everything in Buck Rogers was gold. Right. Happy oh, well, birthday, there, Buck. You know what? Oh, I, you know what? It's funny you say that. I don't remember <laughs> the title, but the second season episode with the little people where, where um, yeah. they invade the searcher. Off think. Off uh, think. I do remember that. That, <laughs> that, that, is, that is probably one of the worst. You know, whereas Space Rockers is just a terrible episode. You mean not the Jerry. one where, where Mark Leonard removes his head? No, that's that's that, that you know that's genius compared to the midget. That's a I mean, the little album then the, cover, then, then the little people invading the searcher. That is so awful. Um, <laughs> it, it just it's How about so Deep awful. Space Nine, move move along home. Oof, you know, yeah. There there is an, an attempt by some fans, I think, recently to to redeem the reputation of Move Along Home. Apparently, they've not seen the episode. They just like the <laughs> title or something because that episode is horrendous. It's awful. I would like it's really awful. I would like to you have those to, fans move along home. You, you talk to anybody who worked on that show and they all like are like, yeah, that Meridian. Remember Meridian where they did Brigadoon? And yeah, I love move. Dax and Terry Farrell. But man, was that bad. By the way, <laughs> they did a really good job making fun of move along home at the very end of the credits in the Deep Space Nine documentary. Oh, did they? It, they I think I vaguely remember that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's so funny. 
yeah, we could probably, you know, do 101 terrible episodes, but why? Yeah, you know? that, that's just stirring <laughs> up a lot of things that we don't want to remember. No, exactly, exactly. Although it's funny because, like I said, it, it's a fine line between Spock's brain, you know, which, you know, is dismissed as this terrible episode, which is wildly entertaining, but bad. Something yeah. can be bad and entertaining. Yeah. It's, and again, I use the Buck Rogers analogy. The one with the little people in second season is unwatchable, whereas right. Space Rockers is awful, but it's great. You know, Jerry Orbach <laughs> as this evil space pro, you know, promoter. He's like the John Landau. I, I guess more, more accurately, he would be... Um, uh, uh, what was the uh, the colonel uh, for the president uh, with Elvis Presley? Colonel the, Parker. The, colonel Parker. He was the Colonel, colonel Parker Green. of the galaxy who who was transmitting a secret, a secret subliminal signal to control the youth of the galaxy during um, these space rocker concerts. And uh, that episode is so ridiculous and so on a show that was always ridiculous that it was even more quantumly ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, and uh, yeah. By the way, another show that I liked quite a bit that we didn't mention was Journeyman with uh, Kevin mm-hmm. McKidd, mm-hmm. Uh, I thought was really, really good. Um, wow, I don't remember that show at all. Uh, you know, and, and it, it was sort of make quantum, quantum leap type. And then also, uh, what's it called? Um, the uh, British uh, Life on Mars and the American Life on Mars. Right. Yep. We're, we're, we're also we're pretty good shows. But then you get into the whole you know procedurals that had a sci-fi element we don't want to even go there right um so okay well listen here we are in hour 25 of <laughs> um our 101 sci-fi episode countdown this has been an absolute delight not only was it super fun doing this with you guys over the holidays but seeing the reaction of uh, fans and uh, listeners um to to our picks so yeah. now we've we've devoted over nine hours. <laughs> and, and, it, and it was Turned a, chance. a little something we thought up on a lark into a colossal waste of time. <laughs> but I love the fact that we talked about, you know, look, we, we talk about Star Trek every week on the show, but um, that we were able to talk about all these shows that we very rarely not only talk about, think about, you yeah. know, there's some mm-hmm. stuff on that list. And when you talk about, you know, Incredible Hulk and, yeah, you know, some of some of these shows, I mean, there's some really esoteric shows that we delved into and I, I'm a dark room. I mean, yeah. I, I was, it was, this which I, I was mistaken, by the way, I, I think I said it was ABC it was NBC and it actually yes. is available on their streaming platform on the MB, not on Peacock, but on the NBC streaming app. And it seems to me, wasn't it also uh, on the, around the same time as a show called cliffhanger. Yeah. Which yeah. I oh, sure. And other world, the, you know, and then also, you know, there was a very short-lived uh, show with um, Vincent Price called Time Express about a time-traveling train. Yeah, uh, right. You, you know, which which was on CBS, and it didn't last very long, fortunately. Um, and uh, are you ready also- for the time-traveling train? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, this this was this was great. Now that really leaves us in a quagmire because next next holiday season, I don't know what we're gonna do. Well, luckily, we have a little time to think about it. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we have 11 months to think about it, but after finishing this podcast, we now have about three days. <laughs> yeah, we need to start recording if we're going to get everything out. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, guys, uh, this was a, a grand adventure. I want a, a special thanks to uh, Rob Burnett and Ashley for giving so much of their time to go on this walk down uh, memory lane to ease on down the road as we talked about incessantly the 101 greatest sci-fi episodes ever. I hope you'll join us again next year for whatever we do uh, or later this year. But uh, until then, a very special thanks to Peter Holmstrom, who pulled all the clips for us for this four-part episode, five-part episode. Um, Zach Raggett's our production associate, um, our sound engineer, the great Bill Ritter, who I think uh, we pushed to 11 with this one and he delivered big time. You know, what happened to these little 50-minute shows you're used to delivering me? What is this three-hour thing that you're <laughs> sending to me to mix? Um, and uh, of course, our producer, Natalie Miscali, and everyone at the uh, at the Electric Search Studio. So thank you for that. And if you, after all this, still have more to say about this never-ending countdown, you can always reach us on social media uh, at Inglorious Trek or um, Inglorious Trexperts on Instagram or Facebook. But until next week, when we bring you an all-new episode of Inglorious Trexperts, we wish you stay safe, stay healthy, stay at home, and keep on trekking ingloriously, of course. We're waiting for you, Darren. You do that little swish thing. I just did it. What you he didn't did? hear you? Can you do it again? Keep on trucking. Ingloriously, of course. Shh. Engage. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.